So who enjoyed 2021? Did you enjoy 2021? It's a little bit of a mixed bag. It's okay. It's a mixed bag. It's all right. Who here loves roller coasters? Okay, okay. So there's a few on this side that love roller coasters in the back. Who does not like your life to be like a roller coaster? (laughs) You know, there's a few things I learned in 2021. That a virus that was named after 2019, not only was still around, but actually could kill over 4,000 people in our first coast alone. That a sealed copy of Super Mario 64 could sell for $1.54 million. Oh my word! (laughs) That Olympic champions can fall prey to mental health and need help. That the coach you hired to save your professional football team could actually make things worse. (laughs) That Captain Kirk could actually go to space. And that whenever times are uncertain and you don't know what tomorrow really holds, you need to guard your heart. That's what we want to talk about today. This month, we're starting a new series called All In. And while that series is going to talk about how we can be all in with the family of God and the church, what we need to make sure we don't forget is that we need to be all in personally as well. That everything that we do on the outside is a result, hopefully, of who we really are on the inside. So that's what we want to talk about today. We're going to actually be walking through a passage called... Uh, (laughs) Proverbs chapter (laughs) 4. There's no heading for this. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, Proverbs (laughs) chapter 4. We're going to walk through something that's actually really amazing because there's a series of of small vignettes of a a father talking to his son or a father talking to his children. And we want to learn something out of this. And then what I want to do is I want to take you through several weeks and months of just God working in my own life. And so this story isn't necessarily about me, but what God has done in me and through me. And so I want to share that with you, and hopefully it'll help as we all learn how to guard our hearts. So if you've got a copy of the scriptures with you or on your your device or whatever, we'll also have these scriptures up on the screens. But you're going to head over to Proverbs chapter 4. Now that I know what I'm talking about again. (laughs) So we're going to start in verse 20 here. And it starts with my child. Now, your translation might say something a little different. It might say my son, okay? That's all right. What we're going to do is kind of recognize this as a little bit of a rabbit hole, and we're going to step around it. We're going to kind of ignore the fact that son, child, it's okay. We'll just keep going here. Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they bring life to those who find them. And healing to their whole body. Here's, here's, the, here's the real, this is good. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet 
from following evil. And there's something about this passage I want you to kind of recognize. And if you've got a, a paper copy of the scriptures, maybe on your device, you can kind of see it a little bit easier. This passage is designed on purpose with kind of three verses that kind of bring you up, two focal points, and then three verses that bring you back down. It's symmetrical in that way. It's brilliantly written. Guard your heart above all else. Go back over to, to 23. Guard your heart above all else. Now, we have to make sure we remember what context this was written in. Whenever the ancient Hebrew writer, we think King Solomon, wrote this, the word heart meant, yes, the organ that pump, pump, pump. But in that day, what it also meant was not just the physical heart, but also the seat of the way you think. Your thought process comes from your heart. And maybe also, well, not just maybe, but also your, the seat of your emotions. We kind of recognize that. We kind of use this phrase, you know, they broke up with me. It broke my heart. So we recognize that we kind of use this phrase to mean several different things. Also, the choices that you make are dictated by what's in your heart. Sometimes you'll say that, oh, my heart wasn't in it, and so therefore I didn't do very well. So we do the same thing, right? We kind of use the word heart to mean multiple things. So let's take a more encompassing view of what heart means here. The next verse is also critically important. Go ahead and bring it up on the screen. See, whenever I was little in the church that I grew up in, it was kind of, kind of strict. And so what they would do is they would use this verse to make sure that I didn't use bad words. And while I'm not condoning bad words, this probably isn't the best verse to use. Because the actual language here is talking about something a little different than perverse meaning just bad. What it means is bent out of shape. So this idea of being perverse is, is, is more of a rod that's kind of bent wrong. Like if you're looking at a two-by-four at Lowe's or Home Depot, it's not straight. And they never are, are they? <laughs> but the idea here is, is that the talk matters for your heart. So here's the question. For 2022, who are you listening to? What talk matters for you? Is it the friends or acquaintances or strangers on social media? Where, you know, that you look up and, and you see the pictures in your Instagram feed and you're like, <laughs> they got it all together. I don't. Or the comments that come jabbing at you from the side. People trying to be funny, but they're not. But it's just enough to eat away, right? Maybe the talk that you listen to is the 24-hour news channels. Regardless of which side of the political aisle you stand on, those channels have a tendency to just be angry. Maybe that talk does something inside of you. See, we weren't wired for 24-hour news. We weren't wired by God to be able to know everything that's going on in this world and not be able to do anything about it. God can do things about it. We cannot. So what talk are you listening to? For me, the talk happens typically not necessarily by what goes on around me, but by what happens in me. 
the talk that I say to myself. See, some of us have a tendency to, we wake up in the morning, the first thing we do is look in the mirror and go, ew. You start off bad, right? And then it, does, it just continues on. You get to work and you're like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't believe the stack of emails I've got, or I can't believe my boss is a jerk. Not Ricky. Ricky, Ricky you're good. But we look at our, our, our jerk boss and we just don't know what to do. It just kind of continues on. And we're like, I mean, I need to get out of this. I need to move on with my life. I need to do something different. And then January 1st rolls around and we're like, yes, New Year's resolutions. And then by January 30th, we're like, they stink. I'm horrible. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm fat. Whatever. I do the same thing. I have these amazing ideas on January 1st. And then by about January 7th, I have forgotten all of them. I've let them go. Look at myself in the mirror and go, like a pear on, a pear, like a pear, like a fruit, like on stilts. What is going on? It's weird. Talk matters, doesn't it? It's one of the things that God's taught me over the past year is that talk can be changed. Talk can be manipulated in a good way. That's what he's taught me. Through I got a, had a pastor who kind of showed me some affirmations that he says to himself every day. And I kind of took him and, and, and worked with him. And I want to share them with you, not so that you can be, know how wonderful I am or how messed up I am, but so that maybe you can like learn something from this. And maybe you can use them, take them, manipulate them, change them, whatever makes sense to you. But I want to show you um, some of my daily affirmations. If we start off with Scripture, because I think that's always a great place to start off with Scripture. And then we kind of walk into some statements that I say to myself daily. So every morning I wake up, hit the shower, hit the gym, those kinds of things. And I sit down with my breakfast and I sit down with my Bible and do my normal, my, my U version, check my boxes and that kind of thing. And then I come over and hit my affirmations. This is important to me. It helps center me. And whenever I can kind of sense that I'm not right for multiple days in a row, I can usually point back to this time with God and me. I'm not getting right. The first passage is hopefully fairly obvious. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, I can't go too far past this passage, Pastor Ricky's favorite, without actually walking you through it. You see, if you've never heard this before, I hope you kind of pay attention really, really closely here. God loves you. But you and I both know that we have a sin problem, and we define that by the things that we do wrong and the things that we don't do that are right. And that sin separates us from God, and it hurts the people that around us that we love most. But again, God loves you anyway. So much so, he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross. If you believe that Jesus is who he said he is, God himself, loving of you, creating you on purpose, then you can have what we call eternal life. You can live with God forever, and that change can happen inside of you that will make the relationships around you better. So I start here. John 3.16. 
It helps recenter me back on what we call the gospel, the good news. The next passage is actually my favorite in all of the scriptures. It says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Too often I'm ruled by my fears. I'm afraid I'm not good enough. I'm afraid I'm not smart enough. I'm afraid that whenever I walk into the office and I sit before the staff and I say, hey, here's what we're going to do, they've heard it before. And they tell me it won't work. And then I think I'm a failure because I was supposed to be the smartest person in the room. I'm often ruled by my fears. And I'm going to go home. My wife is going to move on to somebody else because I wasn't good enough. That my boys, while grown now, will look at me and be able to see right through me and go, I'm not interested in anything you have to say to me. You see, because my family, they see the real me. You see the polished, filtered me. They see the real me. This verse reminds me that based off of my relationship with Jesus Christ, the scriptures tell me that God's Holy Spirit lives inside of me and he lives inside of you. And so therefore, fear isn't a product of that relationship. Fear is something you do to yourself and you can stop it. Because his relationship in your life is power, love, and self-control. The next passage should be very familiar with you as well. It's this one. Out of Galatians, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These things should be evident in my life. These things should be evident in your life. If you ever see me not evidencing these things, today, right now, I give you guys permission to call me out on that. It's that important. Next passage. Oop, we missed one. That's okay. Here it is. Because I got all my notes. <laughs> this comes out of Ephesians. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece. Do you know you are a masterpiece? The Bible says you're a masterpiece. Planned, on purpose, for a purpose. God looks at you and says, that's mine. I did that. It makes me proud. And I need those kinds of moments in my life whenever I sit down and I read this in the morning, I'm going, yes, I'm a masterpiece. God loves me and I am built this way on purpose. I'm weird on purpose. <laughs> and so then I have a series of statements that I, that I say to myself. Some of them are aspirational. Some of them are a little bit more serious. You can copy them down. Actually, you can find all of them on our notes page for the sermon notes, fcbc.life slash notes. Um, you'll also find it if you go to the front page and then the worship and then the notes will be, you'll be able to find those there. But all these will be there. My recommendation is that you take them, change them, make them fit you. 
because some of them are not going to fit you, and that's okay. Here's the first one, though. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and honor him. Here's the deal. If I can do nothing else right during the day, but I get this okay, I'm okay. <laughs> Feel good. Jesus is first. Is Jesus first in your life? The series is called All In. This is how you go all in. Jesus first in your life. Second phrase I say to myself, I embrace suffering and submission because Jesus suffered for me. In America in 2022, we don't do suffering and submission very well, do we? Jesus models suffering and submission. This is the best antidote to my ego I can find. Embracing suffering, embracing submission. Next one, we're going to get a little bit more personal. So I'm going to reveal, pull back the curtain just a little bit here. I love my wife. And I will lay down my life to, say, to serve her. If you're not married, this won't apply to you. If you're a female and have a husband, this can apply to you, but it'll be flipped, you know? I love my wife. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I look over And I don't know what to do. And I remember this. Surfer. That's what I need to do. Next one. I love my sons. And I will empower them to do greater things than I ever will. I have two sons, if you don't know, 18 and 21. They are adults now. And that freaks me out. I, I love and hate Google Photos popping up. Hey, here's pictures that you took 12 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, because I see little tiny faces. And I wish I was a better dad back then. Sometimes I think to myself, I wish I was a better dad now. What God has told me and what God has shown me is I don't have to be the world's best parent. I have to empower them. Because at some point in time, they'll stop listening to me. <laughs> Around the age of 13, they stop listening to me. Or the age of two, <laughs> they stop listening to me. <laughs> so what do I do then? My job is to empower them. My job is to teach them, to train them, to guide them as best I possibly can, but yet still let them live their lives. And that's hard to do, especially whenever... I turn 21 and, good night, son, I'll see you whenever I see you. Please come home. And yet, the next day rolls around, roll over to the phone, look at the camera on the outside of the house. Hey, the car's there. Yes. That's awesome. Love that. Love that. Love who my boys are becoming. They're not perfect. Their dad's not perfect. But I love who my boys are becoming I'm seeing the men that God is making them to be. Personality, experiences, joys and sorrows all together. And it's amazing. I love it. There's so many more things I wish I had taught them. That's okay. My job is to empower them. They will do greater things than I ever will. Counting on that. Next one. This one I rewrote multiple times. 
I care about people. <laughs> Sometimes that's hard, isn't it? Sometimes that's real hard. I care about people and believe the best about others. If you know my personality, you know that um, I have a tendency to be task-oriented and goal-driven and just fire away, move, 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 next, next, next. And this sometimes has to slow me down. Because caring about people means I'm caring about the creatures that God cares about and makes. And that matters. And by believing the best about others, sometimes that means they step on me and take advantage of me. That's okay. By believing the best about others, I'm believing about the best of what God has put in them. That's a good thing. The next one. I am disciplined. This is aspirational. <laughs> I am disciplined. My words, thoughts, and actions are under the power of Christ. You may recognize that last sentence from Scripture. Holding all things captive under the power of Christ. So therefore, this is what I state to myself. I am disciplined. The things that I think, the emotions that I share, and the actions that I take, I need to hold them under the authority of Jesus. I cannot be better than Jesus. I should not try. Something God has taught me over the past year. This is long when the next one is. I am a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I am creative, driven, and blessed beyond measure. You can say that about yourself. If you've got the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you, you are creative because God is creative. You can be driven because God was driven enough to create an entire universe in six days. You can get your work done. And you can be blessed beyond measure because God is the fountain of all blessings. So therefore, I will care for my body through exercise, diet, and rest. This is that January 1st part that comes out, leaks all over the place, drives me nuts whenever I'm eating McDonald's and cheesecake. This is, my, this is what I try to do. And it's not just a, I, I want to be physically healthy so that I can look better or whatever, but I want to be physically healthy because I'm a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Next one. This is very much for me. The church needs better leaders. I believe the world needs better leaders too. I believe America needs better leaders. I believe Jacksonville needs better leaders. I believe your home needs better leaders. And so what God has gifted me to do, what God has blessed me to do, what God has commanded me to do is to develop, empower, and share the spotlight with leaders. I believe God has gifted some of you to do the exact same thing, regardless of your age, regardless of what your actual job title is. I believe God has placed in your heart the ability to empower, develop leaders. Because goodness knows we need more of them around us. Here we go, one more. I share my faith because my faith matters. If your faith doesn't matter, don't worry about it. 
But if your faith matters, it's worth sharing. If your faith matters, it's worth sharing. Last one. The world will be different and better because I serve Jesus today. I like that. See, I want my life, by the time I get to my deathbed, I want to look back on my life and I want to see a group of people that are Jesus lovers because of me. That the world will be a better place because of me. Let me rephrase that. There will be a better place because of God working through me. So therefore, I serve Jesus today. I don't care who you are. You probably want the world around you to be better too, don't you? Serve Jesus today. Sometimes we say this phrase, this is the, it, whenever you allow Jesus to control your heart and control your actions, that'll make you better at life. It'll make your life better. This is where I pull that from. So here's the question. We're going to get real early. You're going to love it. Here's the question. Who will you listen to in 22? Who will you listen to in 22? Will you listen to the same things you listened to in 21 that drove you into a spiral and got you bummed out and got you angry and got you frustrated? Or are you going to listen to something new? Are you going to listen to something different? Are you going to listen to truth? The truth of Scripture. The truth of the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. The truth of the relationship that you have with the creator of all things that exist. Because that truth, that relationship is worth listening to. Let me come back to Proverbs real quick here. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Your next steps should have God in mind. Your next steps should be to go public with your faith. Your next steps should be to take the Jesus that loves you, to accept him and submit to him, and then to live your life through him and his love and power and self-control. We do something that we don't normally do. It's okay. I'm going to pray. If you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity on the first Sunday of the new year to do that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to um, state a prayer out loud, and I'm going to have all of you, whether you've done this before or not, go ahead and, and repeat after me. That way, for the person that's done, never done this before, it's not weird to them for them to say this out loud, okay? So we'll do this all together. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. I recognize that I have sinned. That sin has hurt you. That sin has hurt others. But God, you sent Jesus to take the punishment for my sin. Thank you. 
I accept him. I accept his sacrifice. I accept a new life. Help me grow. Help me be new. And I will praise you. Amen. If you did say that for the very first time, congratulations. You have made a decision to go for what we call from life or from death into life. And you have made a decision that will be the best decision you ever made. This church will warmly welcome you, walk beside you, help you grow, and it'll be messy, and we know it, and it's okay. If you saw the video, you saw the different, what we call needs-based groups and needs-based ministries. Church is doing a lot this year. Make sure you catch up with what's going on. Make sure you plug yourself in where you need to. Plug yourself into a life group. Plug yourself into a needs-based group. Plug yourself into worship more regularly, more regularly than you had before. Go so far as to plug yourself into giving in a way that's consistent and progressive. You want to take your next steps? I'll be standing in the back after I pray. Last thing I have for you. You'll find these cards kind of on the back tables back there. Make sure you invite someone next week. Pastor Ricky will be back. He was out sick this morning. But make sure you take one of these cards and invite someone back. Pastor Ricky's going to be talking about what the church is going to be doing over the next few weeks and months and how you can actually continue to get closer to stepping in with that and partnering with us and moving forward in your, in your growth as a Christian. Let me pray for us and we'll get you guys out of here. Heavenly Father, Father, this message has been heavy about what you've done in my life. And so thank you for how you have engaged with me and wrestled with me and fought with me and hopefully molded me to be more like your son. Father, I know there's somebody in this room and somebody watching online that needs to do the same kind of wrestling. So Father, I pray that you will lean in and that they will lean in. And that by working together, by submitting to your authority, this world will be a better place. That our families will be better. That our workplaces will be better. That our city will be better. God, we need you. And we need you engaging with us and we need you working through us. And so we thank you for what you're going to be doing in 2022. Father, I pray it won't be a roller coaster, but it will be a straight path. That we will hear your voice cleanly, clearly, purposefully. That you will walk with us closely, not just individually, but as a church, a collective body. Father, guide us. There's big plans in 22. There's scary risks. God, we pray that you will give us power. That you will give us love. That you will give us self-control. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys. Have a great day.